peace, love, joy, peace, love, and God's joy and justice to you all. Welcome again to Nia TX Radio, the voice of the people. We are really excited. This is what? The very first uh, radio show in the new calendar year, 2024. We came out of 2023. And now we're into this other year, and specifically tonight, we, we're looking at black people, our status, our interest, our information, our goals, where we are as a group. It's important. I can guarantee you other groups, they are doing the same thing, the Asian community, Hispanic community, the Jewish community, the Caucasians. Other groups are looking at group interests pertaining to their elders, uh, parents, and their youth. It's a healthy uh, situation. And we as brothers and sisters tonight, we're doing the same thing, leaving 2023. In fact, it's gone. It's in the books. It's not coming back. We're into the new calendar year. Today is January 4th. It's on a Thursday. And we're here with exciting guests indeed because everybody on this line are experts. I'm talking about the guest. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a, a letter or anything behind your name to say that you're an expert. We're using the Kwanzaa principle of Kuji Chagalia. That's the second principle in Kwanzaa, and, of course, it means self-determination. So we determine our own selves uh, to be experts. You're expert in, in your opinion. You're expert in your knowledge. You know, this is a new day, and believe it or not, black people are on the rise. And speaking of rising, people, guests that are here this evening. We're going to start off saying thank you and welcoming Sister Gloria Doolin Wilson calling in from Philly. Peace and love, Sister. How are you? I'm fine, Sister, and assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum salam. I want to introduce our next sister, and that is Sister Tony Tyler, no stranger to uh, the airways here uh, at Mia2X Radio. Tonight's show is Express Yourself. Peace and love, Sister Tony. Peace and love to you, my sister. How's everybody? Everybody's All these ways. Yes, indeed. And then we have the scholar in the hour, indeed, if that rhymes. And I'm talking about my main man, and that is former attorney, brother Chris Pulliam. Peace and love, my brother, to you. Sister Nia, great to be here. Happy New Year. Yes, indeed. Happy Kwanzaa and happy Dr. King Day. You know, everybody, I watch uh, the hype. I mean, the joy, the love, the peace, uh, you know, giving us a glimpse of heaven on earth during the wonderful Christian holiday, which is called Christmas, and then you go come into the new year, and then we celebrate Kwanzaa as it's growing. But then it seems like things slide down the sliding board because we have another great holiday coming up in the black community or leading from 
the first black man who had to be assassinated horribly to get this holiday, and that is, of course, Dr. King Day. I hope we keep the enthusiasm uh, perpetual and that we, you know, really set the trend as a people to our children, to our community. I know there are a lot of prayer breakfasts going around. The Honorable Reverend Al Sharpton has his annual prayer breakfast uh, here in Washington and now in New York on the same day. So I think it's a, a slow growth, and, it, and it's very, very slow. But anyway, happy Dr. King Day to all of you that's coming up this Monday. Uh, I don't know if it's January 15th, but that's certainly the day he was born. So, tonight, huh? I'm sorry, I just realized, I said, wow, this bus is going fast. Already. <laughs> yeah, the 15th. <laughs> hey, you know, that's something to think about. Well, we got some controversial subjects coming up of interest to black people that, of course, again, mainstream media said it wasn't interesting to them, and they got a right to do that. I'm not crying at all. It's not, their, it's not their responsibility to make sure we get our news and information, no more than it is our responsibility to make sure the Orientals get black news or Oriental news. Everybody is, is really doing what they're supposed to be doing. So that pertains to black people. And I mean, in 2023, we had some things to happen that need to be talked about that crossed over here in 2024, and that's, of course, out there in Hollywood. Our sister, uh, Taraj P. Henson, talking from the heart, sharing uh, what is taking place, and she's not the first one to do it, but it's the latest, and I think she has everyone's attention because the big movie just came out, the remake of The Color Purple. Anybody see the movie yet? Not yet. No. Are you no, planning I, on seeing it? I haven't decided. Delta Delta tonight, Delta Sigma, tonight, the sorority of Delta Sigma Theta is doing a red carpet all over the United oh. States for the color purple. Um, so they should, actually it started at 7, so I will be getting feedback <laughs> for the movie. All right, that's Gloria in uh, Philadelphia, and you say that's taking place all over the United States. Well, Gloria, your thoughts uh, or information, can you share with us, please, uh, if you've had time? Because you're a busy sister. As a journalist, as a researcher, have you had time coming through the holidays to peep at what's taking place with Taraj P. Henson bringing up the fact again, of the low-ball salary that black women are experiencing in Hollywood. I'll start with you, Sister Gloria. Uh, you know what? It's so interesting that all of this is coming out, and it's not something that's, that's new for Hollywood or for the industry when it comes to black artists. Um, Taraji is just the latest. I mean, um, what's the sister's name whose name escapes me right now? Pitched a Viola Thank you about it, and um, so she's just the latest to corroborate what is a systemic problem 
that continues to happen, and the only time we get parity in the industry is if you're dealing with people like Spike or with, with Tyler who know the worth and try to make sure that they pay them, not only pay them, but give them the accolades they deserve. Um, and I'm not going to allow them to cast dispersions on Oprah because she certainly does do everything she possibly can to make sure that she supports and underwrites um, black brothers and sisters. But the industry is the industry. We, I used to live in Hollyweird, and I still call it the industry because their primary reason for being are movies, television, etc. So it's called the industry out there, literally. Um, but because I used to be part of Hollywood, I basically don't give a lot of focus on them as much as I used to do when I was out there. Uh, I know it's going to get worked out because she put it on Front Street, and having come out of a five-month strike where everybody was like basically just praying for the whole thing to be over, they kind of thought that they were going to be able to slide that through based on that fact, but it didn't work and it backfired, and I'm just glad that she's taking the stand. Now, in reference to seeing the color purple, I've not seen it. It was We were originally supposed to go see it prior to Christmas. Uh, however, there was some kind of glitch with AMC, and they rescheduled it for this evening, but I had already made a commitment to Sister Nia, so just couldn't do it. Well, I really appreciate phone. that. Yeah, I yeah, really so appreciate I that. Uh, so I, had to, like, I will try to see it maybe over the weekend, but I just was not able to, you know, do both at the same time. That's well, it. one thing about it, like you're saying, uh, you are planning to go see it. Uh, Brother Cliff is in the movie industry. He is the movie mongol here tonight. I, I rather he was introduced introduced <laughs> as a uh, as a former attorney, which is true. But his passion and compassion right now is in the movie industry. What are your thoughts, Brother Cliff? And then we'll go to Sister Tony. Thank you, Sister Gloria. Okay, thoughts about the the income disparity or the movie, The Color Purple, or both? Uh, Help yourself, yeah. Uh, Yeah, just whatever you want to talk about, this controversy and and, uh, your perspective. Well, I mean, this is this has been going on forever. I mean, not only do you have a disparity between uh, actors and actresses of color and um, and uh, majority actors and actresses, but you also have the disparity between um, male and female. So, um, Viola Davis has talked about this at length, and now Taraji um, is talking about it. She's uh, making up a, a, a fraction of what a comparable white actress would make, but he's also making even a micro fraction of what a male actor is going to make. Um, I think she talked about when they did the uh, the movie Benjamin Button. I think she mm. got paid like fifty thousand or something like that, and Brad Pitt got paid ten million. You know. And uh, her role was uh, uh, as much camera time as Brad mm-hmm. as Brad Pitt's role was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's nothing new. And in in, this, in the case of the color purple, 
I don't know what she. I think she was getting paid one hundred and fifty thousand or something like that. She had a. She asked for much more than that, and she had to settle. And of course, she explained that by the time she takes out all the fees, her team, her publicist, her manager, her agent, and all that kind of stuff, she she's lucky to hold on to a third of that. You know, and uh, that's that's just the way the industry has been. Now, as far as um, uh, her compensation as compared to the size of the budget, Color Purple is about a $100 million budget film. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's not like this is some kind of little independent film or a lower budget black film, because, you know, black films have smaller budgets anyway, uh, because they're they're projected to earn less because of this whole matrix about foreign distribution and that kind of thing that I won't get into, but it's false anyway. But um, it's a false notion that black films don't travel well. So, you know, when you're talking about independent films, yeah, they have to work on a discount because the budgets are so much lower. But when you're talking about a $100 million film, which is a good-sized budget, it's not huge these days, you know, I, I think she would have rightfully expected to make a lot more than $150,000. But, uh, you know, that's basically the state of this industry. You know, uh, that's, that's insulting. You have Quincy Jones, Oprah Winfrey, and I think Spielberg uh, behind this $100 million, and to offer a star with the resume that Taraj P. Henson has, it's, it is an insult. It is, in my thinking, and based on what you just shared, uh, Brother Cliff. Let's uh, hear out Sister Tony. Now, I told everybody that we have experts on here. Now, listen, Sister Tony knows a lot about what is going on in the industry because had it not been for people like her and people like me, we pay our money to go to the movies to make the $18 million that was made the first day of the, sh- of the show, uh, which was Christmas Day, I believe, not the show, but the movie. So mm-hmm. if we did not go to the movies, then nobody would get paid. You can put up the $100 million, yeah, $200 million or what have you. So it's people like Sister Tony, who knows a lot about the industry, whose opinion weighs more than Oprah's or anyone else, because if we don't pay, then you don't get paid. So, Sister Tony, uh, your perspective, your insight on the controversy, because it is very controversial. Uh, it should be talked about, thought about if we have young people that want to go into this industry? Sister Tony? Yes, it, it is, and it does. And I want to say that I was so I was a group of us girls. We all got to, well, they all got together, and they went on Sunday because when the movie opens, you know, the day that it opens, that's really the, the it counts where the big money is made. And they all, it must have been about 10 of them, they all went to the movies, and they all got together afterwards and had drinks and talked about the movie. Everybody had their own opinion about it. But my whole thing is that, just like she she said that, you know, she said it's Spielberg, it's all these people that's got all this money, all this pool, 
I never want to give this lady this little bit of money. And it it, it, it it just goes back. It's just it just keeps repeating itself, you know, with Monique, with Viola Davis, you hear the, the ladies in the, in the music you hear the ladies in the music industry from back in the fifties where they were saying that they only got paid a little bit of money when the you know, when Elvis Presley was getting paid all these millions of dollars and, and you know, thousands of dollars and they was doing the same thing. Couldn't play, couldn't play at a certain place. Had to go in the back door, and you know, it's just the same thing repeating itself. And now it's just on a bigger format. It's on a much larger format now, and people don't want to talk about it. I was fortunate to see. I think it was on Facebook. They had this little film where um, uh, Taraji and Oprah and uh, the other lady that played in um, in the movie, they all got together, and they was just poking at, you know, how um, the body language that was going on between Oprah and Taraji. And like the lady said, Oprah, she put in, she put in her due. She does what she can, and I'm sure that she will. And I just don't like that, you know, that they all are just, you know, trying to put this wedge between our sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Because it should not be. To be pulling together, not not you know poking fun and and saying that she don't deserve it. She deserves every mm-hmm. dollar. She, she deserves every dime. I, I'll tell you, I, I like that you brought that up, Tony, because I don't like to hear Caucasians on social media tell me about the division of my sisters and brothers because I think they really exaggerate. When I watched Taraj P. Henson uh, answer the question from Gail King, uh, you know, it wasn't like, it was, it was just an array of thoughts going through my mind. It was like she's going to seize the opportunity since she was asked the question, and she had the courage to tell the truth, and that's what it's all about. It's about telling the truth, and, and Brother Cliff, Brother Cliff said that, you know, this is nothing new. Viola Davis, you know, uh, she talked about this in 2018. Go ahead, Tony. All the way back to Monique. Look what Monique did and how they treated her. She couldn't get a job. She couldn't do that. I mean, they just dogged her out. She couldn't. Nobody wanted to even speak her name. But she she came forth, she came around, everything is good. But like I said, it is just repeating itself. If you listen to the people in the music industry, I mean, it's just all across the board, all across the board. You have these people that's making more money than they should be making and the people that are doing the hardest part of the job, to putting out the most work, the most effort, they are getting paid pennies. And to Rosh, he deserves every dime. Yes, he deserves every dime. If you're just tuning in to Near 2X Radio, welcome. We have Brother Cliff Pulliam. We have Sister Tony Tyler. We have Sister Gloria Doolin Wilson. And we're weighing in on top of 2024, what's important to us and what we should be talking about and giving our own insight about it, our own thoughts about it, because it it affects our External family, the black family, no matter where we are. You could be in pictures in another country. We are sick and tired and tired and sick of even seeing our stars being insulted $150,000 for a $100 million project. It's going to, you know, all of this is happening, Cliff. 
you know, uh, Sister Gloria, Sister Tony, that this is not an accident. This is something that just has to stop. Sister Gloria, what do you think? How how do we stop this? How do what do we do now that we have the controversy? Where are where are the solutions? Do we have to boycott Hollywood? Hollywood indeed. Sorry, Sister Gloria. I'm sorry. I was getting background noise on you. My apologies, Sister Gloria. Okay, stand by. What's yeah, going on? Um, you can't hear me? I'm sorry, Sister Gloria. Yeah, we can hear you now. I'm sorry. That was engineering oh. uh, fault. Go ahead, oh, okay. Sister. All right. Well, as I was getting ready to say, I was getting ready to boycott AMC theaters after their bad treatment of Brother Bill Barber, who had gone oh, yeah. there to see the color purple, came in with his own chair because he's got difficulty walking, and they treated him like he was some kind of piece of trash called the cops on him and insulted him at a movie about black people. So it goes Hmm. across the board. It goes from production to distribution to the whole nine yards, which is why I will always say I am grateful for brothers like Tyler Perry, for brothers like uh, Spike Lee, who basically struck out on their own to do what needed to be done to give these artists and actors their rightful place and their rightful uh, compensation. And, yeah, there's going to have to be some changes made, and I think we, the public, have to back these sisters up. And Monique was, by the way, the person I was trying to think of. Thank you, Sister Tony, for that. Um, but it's, as the brother said, Cliff said, it is not the first time. It won't be the last time. And the mainstream media that you call the mainstream, the mainstream media likes to keep controversy going without having any positive contributions anything uh, constructive that might actually help mitigate this problem, I, for one, think that they need to, like, do a please pardon me, mea culpa, and just step up to the plate and give her the money that she deserves for the performance that she did. Uh, $150,000, that's for a bit and extra in the background, in the backdrop, who doesn't even say 10 words. That's not for a premier actress with the, the charisma and the quality that Taraji P. Henson has. No doubt. It's extremely insulting. Brother Chris, thank you, Sister Glow. Thank you, Sister Tony. Yeah, well, I mean, what they do is um, they judge actors by Q scores. There's this metric called Q, and the Q scores um, – indicate the popularity index of actors, musicians, uh, athletes, even dead people. There's a dead person Q score, too. Wow. And, you know, the higher you are up in your Q score, the more popular you are, the easier it is to sell a film with your name on it, and the more money you get. Um, Taraji is, uh, is black famous. You know the black the black audience knows her and and reveres her, but right. she she's not completely mainstream as far as white audiences other than the move the uh, television series that she did. Uh, what was that television series? Empire. She was in Empire. In Empire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that was a hit series. You know, and uh, had good ratings, 
But that was a television series. And the studios will look at that and say, well, she's a television actress. She doesn't merit the same amount of compensation that a movie star would make. Uh, you know, it's uh, separate categories. It's, it's, the categories are getting more and more compressed now because of streaming and everything. So a lot of television actors are enjoying this similar compensation to uh, film actors and actresses. But there is still a, a, a gap there. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, because, you know, to, to make $150,000, uh, one of my mm. projects I'm working on got a budget of, of $13 million. Mm. And the, I'm prepared to pay the female actress in there uh, just under a million dollars. That's, mm. uh, you know, compare that to this $100 million budget that, uh, that that Color Purple has. Uh, the actors that have the biggest Q scores are like uh, Sam Jackson um, and um, Will Smith. His his score dropped recently for reasons that you all know about. And, you know there 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 are very few black actors and actresses with high Q scores because the movies that they're in typically don't cross over. They don't have a strong, um, let's say crossover audiences so that they're well known to people in Idaho or middle America. And, uh, you know, well, isn't that done deliberate? I mean, isn't that deliberate? How come they wouldn't open up with a baby boy? I mean, uh, young, young Caucasian children have proved over, uh, backwards. They love black culture. They love hip hop. They know when hip hop came into their community, they started wearing their caps backwards, like the brothers led. They started, uh, they ain't do too much with their pants hanging down, but they certainly love hip-hop. So why doesn't the movie industry uh, and, and all this game about the cue, you know, I, I hear you, brother, and I'm not knocking you at all, but that ain't nothing but some game. That ain't nothing but trying to get the, the reason you're not making money, even if you had to pay her for the institution of the color purple, to offer her one hundred fifty thousand, it, it's be just a slap in the face. That's what you would pay me just to be a standby with a hundred million, with a hundred million dollar budget. I'm I'm just walking across the street. People don't even see me in the joint. They don't even see me. You know, you gonna give me one hundred fifty thousand? Hello. And it's, it, it, it is a lot more of a lot more of a disparity for uh, black female actresses. There are very few roles even written for black female actresses. Yes. So that becomes a problem as well. There there are very few roles written for black female actors and actresses because there's not much available financing for black producers. So mm. if the black the black producers are the ones who would be writing the roles for the black female actresses, but if they can't get their projects done, and I'm living through that, you know, it's that's it's right. Tough for, that's right. It's tough for the black female actresses to get enough credits and enough screen time to be able to become known. And then if it's a black producer, he's pretty much going to do a uh, diverse cast with black principal actors and actresses. And uh, it's going to have a smaller budget. It's going to have a smaller promotional budget and not as favorable distribution deals. We're going to end up mostly on the, on the screaming, on, on the streaming channels. 
You know, we need not to leave these people alone. We need to leave these people alone. Black people watch more television and go to the movies more than any other ethnic group in the country. Is that a fact, Cliff? That is a fact. In fact, uh, USC did a study about 15 years ago, and the study indicated that the most profitable films as a percentage of their budget are the ones with the more diverse casting, uh, more so than the uh, majority white films with no blacks in the cast. Um, Part of the reason for that is that black audiences do tend to go see movies multiple times. Uh, so as a, as a, a percentage of the population that we are, we contribute uh, uh, an extraordinary amount to the uh, box office annual uh, haul because, uh, you know, we, we might be 15% of the population, but we might be 30 to 40% of the movie-going population because we see films multiple times. But That's true. That hasn't caught on really with the, the gatekeepers. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, it's tough everywhere you go. If you look at the industry of the NFL, you got the black men running up and down the field, but you got these other big shots sitting around with their feet on the table, puffing on cigars while them brothers out there working and, and they're getting extra, extra, extra money. So the, since, uh, systemic Racism is in every endeavor. It just doesn't matter. It's everywhere we are. We're always at the bottom of the barrel somewhere. Uh, And, I mean, you don't even have to question the ability of the actors that that we're talking about, others that we're not talking about. We act our butts off. Uh, Monique, as somebody mentioned, I think it was Cliff and – you know, all the way back to the first Academy Award winner, Hattie McDaniel, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Gloria Tony, we, we gotta take this we we gotta take more initiative. Like Tyler, he went out and bought that huge three hundred and three acres, I think it is, in Georgia and, you know, just set up his own studio and he's known to bring back so many actors and actresses. Uh, he was making sure when she was still here, Cicely Tyson. I know he gets mm-hmm. criticized for this and that, but he also uh, does what he can as a brother understanding this this game. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are they paid her that little bit of money. It seemed like to me they paid her the money, the $150,000, and that was her That was her. That was her pay, and for the rest of the the rest of the money that they're making, they're going to distribute amongst everybody else. She got paid, so all this, all these millions of dollars that they're going to make from this movie, she don't get none of that. She paid her hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's all she gonna get. And it's are sad. you sure? It's sad. Is everybody sure? Is everybody sure that that that's all she got? When she talked about it on on the show, uh, she was like, "I was I was getting ready to quit." I was getting, but I didn't hear any figures. Where are you? Where are you all getting the hundred fifty thousand dollars pay? Is that a I'm fact? just getting it from everybody else talking about it. And if it is a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you know that's pitiful. If it, that's if that's it beyond pitiful. Quit, Taraji. Quit, Taraji. Quit, Taraji. Million and million. 
million and million dollar movie, and they're going to give her, even if it is, if it's $250,000, it's still too little. That's still too little. That's still too little. You know, for when you look at her, when you look at her resume, I mean, this young lady, yeah. and we're going to move on. Uh, you know, she has been nominated uh, for Golden Globe Awards. She's she's won an uh, Emmy. She's won four primetime Emmys. She's been nominated for. Uh, an award in a movie she did called The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. And then yes, she has yes. a star on Hollywood. She still ain't good enough. She, you know, she's just done so many different movies. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead. other movies brother said that they're not even going to see in Idaho. She got all kind of movies. Everything. She got a whole lot of movies that ain't nobody going to see because they're in Idaho and they don't care about no Taraji. Good movies. Look at them. Check them out. Pull a name on them. And I think that's done deliberate. Uh, It's got to be deliberate. If they're not going to Idaho, if they're not going to Montana, it's not that the young people or whoever doesn't want to see it because you have them moving here to D.C., are you saying are we saying that they're not going to the theaters around here to see black movies? Hello, anyone? Gloria? Well, the thing about it is that all of the above, and the bottom line is that it's not something that we're going to be able to solve immediately, but it's certainly something that we're going to have to monitor and make sure that our voices are heard, that the actors know that we support them, and that at the box office, if we're the ones calling the shots, that we expect them to get paid with parity. I'm a little, little disappointed when I think about the fact that Oprah, who has been in the forefront of so many things, I don't know whether or not she was aware that this slight had happened, but I would expect her to be one of the main ones stepping up to the plate to acknowledge the oversight and recommend uh, adjustment, the proper adjustment, and then going forward making sure that everybody gets what they deserve regardless of what the mainstream media's polls are about whose box office hits. This is a black movie about black people for black people, theoretically. So, therefore, if it's going to be any kind of indexing of who's popular, it should be from the standpoint of who we consider popular, not something that they do for their own caucasoids. Um, well, well, correct me, correct me, Brother Cliff. Correct me, Brother Cliff, based on what Sister Glow just said, as far as Oprah should this, that, and the other. Now, this is a business. Business people see green. Uh, Oprah has a Oprah has a degree of commitment to the culture, yes, but at the same time, when it's business, you know, it's not her business to you know to to. She's on the side of making as much money as she can. Now, am I in agreement with that? No, no, not when, not if it's going to insult people that have great talent that also want to get in your position or beyond. I'm not pushing it, but I'm trying to think how Oprah thinks. I'll go to Cliff before we go to a break and and find out, you know, Oprah's not looking, Cliff, correct me uh, if I'm wrong. She's not looking at the culture before she looks at the business. She's putting up hundreds of millions of dollars, I guess, and she's looking to make more than she put up 
so her allegiance is to being successful in the project more than the culture. Chris, what do you say before we go to break? Yeah, well, I mean that's that's I mean that's about right. That's the industry as it is. Oh, by the way, uh, Taraji, that hundred fifty thousand um, dollars, she made on Benjamin Button. I don't know what her compensation was for Color Purple, but she had mentioned that of those hundred fifty thousand dollars, she was able to pocket forty thousand after she paid her people. Uh, so that that was like a point of contention for her. I would hope mm. that she made more than that on the on the color purple. And and that's what she keeps uh, talking about. Let's try to come back to that. Let's go to our uh, other t- subject tonight and see if we can come back to this very important conversation. You know, because if I'm raising a child, or there's one in my family, or somebody, I'm financially sponsoring, and that's all you making? And and this industry is making, you know, Oprah's a billionaire. No wonder. No wonder these people are billionaires. They're they giving, you know, throwing pennies on the cards. Keep it right here on Near 2X Radio, the voice of the people. We wouldn't be here if we didn't have our sponsors. And please consider sponsoring them if you are in this community like this gentleman, Upright Carpet Cleaning. Upright Carpet Cleaning, they're the pros, cleaning carpets with top-of-the-line products, tip-top service, and affordable prices. Get three rooms cleaned, whether residential or commercial. That's right. $149 gets the hmm. job done. Call Upright Carpet Cleaning, serving the DMV. Now, that's D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Call 240-547-4569. All right, we're coming back. I think we lost a, a caller, but whoever, they'll, they'll call back. They might have thought about uh, Taraj P. Henson, you know, uh, I, I just I just will not believe. I don't think the amount has been disclosed. I, to me, the controversy said that if y'all don't offer me more, whatever that figure was, if you're not offering me more, then no, nah, I'm not. I'm going back up out this project, but I didn't get any figures. But you know something on a good note here in 2024, uh, we have our dear brother in New York, who is the city council member now. And, of course, he was part of the accusation of raping a, a white jogger in, what, what park was that in New York? Right Central now. Park. No. That was Central Park. Well, thank you. In Central Park. And... He spent, I believe, like 10 years of his life along with other brothers. The Central Park Five is what they uh, became known as. And, you know, they were exonerated. This man and, and the other four were all innocent. And they had a really, really bad time in jail. I'm talking about the new councilman, Youssef Salim. And this uh-huh. is an extended... Salam. Thank you, sister. I said something. Thank you for the correction. And this story. That's Dr. Salim. 
Huh? That's Dr. Salim. He got his Ph.D. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, it's thank you. That is a, so correct. Oh, Let me right. just say this to everybody. Right. The brother's Dr. name Yusuf is Dr. Salim. Salam. S-A-L-A-A-M. Yusuf Salam. I agree. S-A-L-A-A-M. A-A-M. Yes, Salam. ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, brother. Dr. Yusuf Salam. And uh, Gloria, you know a lot about it, uh, being a journalist. I'm sure you know a lot about the backstory. For those that may not, would you fill us in, please? I will do my best. Uh, I, it involves the former predatory in chief, better known to most folks as Donald Trump. Uh, five brothers were supposedly or allegedly involved in a gang rape of a white woman who was jogging in Central Park, and Donald Trump immediately decided that they were guilty, so he ran full-page ads in the center part of the New York Times saying that they should be arrested and they should be hung, okay? And there was a, a jury that obviously agreed with him and incarcerated those five guys without any real evidence. The woman couldn't even identify who it was, and they were in there some as long as 13 years, some as short as eight years, but they were all sentenced they were isolated from their families. They were not given due process, and it was like a kangaroo court in New York, which is basically what it turned out to be. Uh, then one of the one of the inmates bragged to another inmate that the guys that were in prison were not the ones who did it, and bragged on the fact that he was the one who actually did the rape. Okay, mm-hmm. and after they checked out the story and found out that his DNA and the DNA that they matched at the rape kit were the matches, then they let them go. Reverend Al Sharpton had to make sure that not only did they let them go, but they got compensated for false arrest, false imprisonment, uh, trauma, and everything else. And Brother Yusuf Salam, um, who was one of the more mature of the five, uh, decided he was not going to let that change his life for the worse. And he did. He went forward to get his advanced degree, and then he also ran for city council, and he won um, on November the 7th of this year, past last year. Sorry, guys. Still in 23. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they now are known as the Exonerated Five. Um, I can't remember. The, I think it was Cedric. What's the brother's name that comes every Saturday to National Action Network? Hmm. Oh, I don't know his name. I saw him there a couple of weeks ago. You're right. And we want to thank you, Sister Gloria, because that was a very important, important uh, turn point for black people in particular being falsely accused. And, I mean, they suffered in jail. And when the gentleman that actually did the horrible act to the woman, because the woman, I think she suffered permanent damage to her life. She she was pretty, uh, you know, pretty much beaten almost to death. But when they found out that these five were innocent, they tried to suppress it. You know, the yep. city of New York did not just immediately let them go. They had to fight hard to uh, to get out, and they knew, the city knew they were innocent. And I think they fired this Caucasian woman 
who oh, was man. head of, yeah, you heard about it, um, Cliff? They fired yes, her. Yes, yeah, she got, she got, uh, she got canceled. Yeah, yeah, it it was a horrible, horrible incident. I, I met uh, Yusef. Have you met him, Gloria? I have not met him. I have met a couple of the brothers of the Exonerated Five. I was at the National Action Network uh, convention in, in April and had an opportunity to uh, meet him. But that brother, it was surrounded by a lot of admirers. Um, I'm not talking about Yusuf, but the other brother. And I keep oh, wanting I his see. name is Cedric, but that's not right. Can I just make one interjection? Because I know we're going to have limited time, and I just must. Absolutely, absolutely. I must. Uh, at our last broadcast, I mentioned that we, Philadelphia, had a new mayor in town, Sherelle Parker. And well, I know we got I'm inauguration. Nope, I'm going to interrupt you because nope, we got a fat 15 minutes, and we're certainly going to give you the floor on that. I want to make sure Tony has a comment, a question, okay. or, you know, something, because we're excited about that good black news as well, and that took place. Yesterday, yesterday and today, and you were right there. So I do respect your excitement. Uh, Tony, the Central Park Five, and Yusef Salim, had you heard anything about him? Because, see, it was quiet. Most people didn't even know he was running. I didn't know until this summer when I met him. I, ha- I happened to meet him, and I got filled in on the 411 Tony, your thoughts, and then we'll go to Gloria, who is going to share uh, uh, her version of what's important to her uh, coming right up. Go ahead, Tony. Well, I was fortunate enough to meet um, a couple of the brothers. I don't remember their names. I have a niece that lives in New York in the, in the Central Park area downtown, and she went to school with them. She knows their families and everything, and she introduced me to a couple of them. So I did get a chance to meet them, and they were just, they were just wonderful. They loved me like I was family and everything. So I'm, And I'm just so happy that the brother won. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy for all of them. I'm happy that they exonerated, changed their names and everything. I saw the movie. I looked at all the reviews and the reports and everything, and I'm just happy for them. That was a touching movie, too. I mean, it was heart-wrenching, you know, what they went through. And other prisoners, even today, you know, we got to have a show and talk about that. That's certainly a horse of a different stripe, you know, or a horse of a different tail, if you will, uh, when you talk about the, the need for prison reform, but it's a glorious mm-hmm. story, and I understand that his mother, his mother, uh, Mr. Saleem's mother, was the leading charge in Harlem, New York, where, where he will be representing in making sure her son, uh, she helped to get the support for them to vote, and he won just about 50% of the vote. I think he, he mm-hmm. won the primary, but they say it's going to be pretty easy um, doing the, what is that, the primary and the general, I think. No, he's you won. know, the main election. Yeah, you know, he's actually so, yeah. won. He's actually won. Yeah, he's councilman now. He's oh, now he's already in. Okay, okay. He's Thank in. you again oh, yeah. for the in. correction. Okay, I might have read something. Oh, Why? Yeah, he's in. Okay, it's his it's his J O B now. He's got it. Mm-hmm. And more power, more more power to you, brother Celine. 
and uh, I, I talked to him one-on-one and, and talked very red, black, and green, very black to him, eye-to-eye to him uh, at Alton Maddox funeral in Harlem. Ah. And, and, you know, uh, Umar Johnson and all that crowd was there, and I got mm-hmm. black with our brother uh, while he was campaigning, and he – I like I just like this vibe. It's a beautiful brother. I'm not kidding. A very, very beautiful brother. Now on that politics tip indeed. Don't hold back, Sister Gloria. Thank you for your patience. Please tell us the good news of what's going on historically <laughs> for black Philadelphia because it permeates throughout the country. Well, I, I I I am bragging. I have to brag. I'm bragging because we have the 100th mayor of Philadelphia, who is a black woman and the first woman ever to be mayor of Philadelphia, and her name is Sherelle Parker. And she uh, is born and bred in Philadelphia. She graduated from my alma mater, Lincoln University in Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, class of 1994, and she is also a member of my sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. But this sister comes with credentials way above that, if you can get any higher. And in addition to the fact that she won hands down, she was formerly um, a state rep for the state of uh, for the city of Philadelphia in the, in uh, Harrisburg. So she cut her teeth on that. Then she was also city council representative for her district for the ninth district for four years. So her background overarches every little corner of Harrisburg and Philadelphia, and she came out with her first 100-day plan that she put in the hands of everybody, all 4,000 of them, who attended her inauguration yesterday at the Met Theater in Philadelphia. Um, I am putting together for my blog, my, my blog is Eclectically Black News, and I'm putting together the overview of the inauguration. Um, the Honorable Marcia L. Fudge, who is the first female secretary of HUD, House Urban Development, was the person who swore her in. Shirley Ralph, the actress, did a poem that she wrote for her at the inauguration, which was absolutely phenomenal. I know um, that's right. Oh, honey, that thing, I'm trying to, I don't have the technology, that's what I'm working on, to upload, I did the video and I'm trying to upload it so that everybody can get the flavor of that poem that Cheryl wrote for her. It was so moving and so beautifully done. This sister here is going to be a cha- an agent for change in the school system because she also has her master's in education and teaching English as a foreign language. And she worked with junior high and senior high school students. And she pulled her cabinet from all across the city, from all different walks of life. So she oh, is wow. maintaining a balance. She is not playing. Um, when I say not playing, her love of Philly, and in everything that she said and did, you can see it, you can feel it, and you can touch it. But the thing well, is that gonna... was so beautiful about this whole thing was Oh, we're going to watch out. We're going to, well, like D.C. and Texas and everybody across the globe is putting our prayers upon her, upon your city, 
and we are very, very proud of what you all have done. It, it shows, again, how important it is for one vote uh, for those that are still not convinced that the power of voting doesn't work, because that's how she got her job. Nobody gave it to her. Nobody, uh, she didn't pay her way in. She got voted in, and we wish her very well. We know we're getting to the end. Cliff, what's on your heart? Thank you, Sister Gloria. Uh, a great uh, bit of info, historical good information there for black people in particular and all people. Brother Cliff, what's on your heart? What should we be thinking about? Well, I mean, on, on that same note, uh, Maryland has its first black governor now. Uh, yes. Wes Moore, just mm-hmm. elected governor. We just came off of a two-term Republican governor, which is first Republican governor in years, and now we've switched all the way over to uh, Wes Moore, who's an Army uh, officer, and, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a scholar, and he's potentially going to be a presidential candidate in the next few years, I would guess. But uh, he's already starting to make some moves. Yeah, so, yeah, that that was um, real huge. Uh, what, is he on one year now, Cliff? He's just, he's just starting his first term. Okay, okay. So, you know, there there's more, there's way more good news uh, that's going on and huge successes. It's like when Tiger Woods did his thing, when Venus and Serena, that's huge information uh, to come mm-hmm. from the, from the, what is that, the little cabin all the way to the big house, if you will, when President Barack Obama did his thing, when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan asked for $1 million and got $1.5 to $2 million. We do big things in big ways, and we need to be reminded of ourselves. Uh, whether it's good news or bad news, Sister Tony, what's on your heart that you want us to know? What's on my heart is what happened to my community. I live in Washington, D.C., Trinidad, Ivy City area, and our city mayor and workers decided that they were going to take over 70% of our parking for bicycle lanes. Whoa. They took took 70%, over 70% of our parking spaces from New York Avenue all the way to Florida Avenue for bicycle lanes. So now people don't have nowhere to park. You should see people out here fighting for a parking space, putting chairs in the middle of the street for a parking space, sitting up cones for a parking space on a public street. We got people that, you know, these new gentrification people come in, and they feel like they can just park their car for a week and don't have to move it, which is true. But we have people that are seniors. We have one lady is a, has, is a walker across the street. She has a walker. She had a park in front of her house. They took her park. Now she's got to walk around the corner with a walker to meet the Metro Access bus. I mean, it's just terrible. We're meeting with city council members. They claim that they wrote letters and let everybody know, but... Nobody knew anything, so we're writing letters. We're trying to meet with people to try to see if we can do something about this because trust and believe that they did it to our area. It may be coming to your area soon. And it's so it's so funny because up on Capitol Hill, those folks up there still got their spaces. They made, made it so they didn't have to lose their spaces. But over here yeah. in Ward 5 that I'm in, 70% of our parking spaces are gone for bicycle lanes. 
Wow. And that's, very, that's a very valid point. And like you say, you now you had seven bags of groceries, and you have to yes. park where you have to fight, hunt, and park way around the corner. And and we know the crime rate is not good. No, that's a very valid complaint. And uh, I would like to. And then they still have to look at street cleaning. When they got street cleaning, you can't park because they clean in the street. So now you got to make sure you don't park your car on the, on the, in the area where they're street cleaning because you can get towed. It's crazy. You know, <laughs> this goes again to, to the insult of gentrification. It didn't come. It didn't come with the harmony in the community. I mean, if you going to live next to me, don't, don't come and tell me I can't play my go-go music like they tried to do down, downtown. You know, you want to flip the rules. They had, they had a Caucasian man. He used to walk his dog on the grass yes. of Howard University and allow mm-hmm. his dog to defecate. Or you know, at at the university, and that's how mm-hmm. they brought a lot of them brought the gentrification up and in here. Yeah, pick it up. yeah. Oh, you heard about it too. Yeah, you know. So yeah. gentrification is is all over the place, and it is something that has to be dealt with. And if we vote for those out there, it's such a shame to hear people uh, talk about why they don't vote. It's like they bragging that they don't vote. Uh, listen, mm-hmm. everyone, Five State Funeral Services is the one to call when your family is in need of compassionate, professional, sensitive care in your greatest hour. Tri-State Funeral Services, 1505 Kenilworth Avenue, Washington, D.C., that's in Northeast, mm-hmm. they dedicate their services offering military funeral honors free of charge, and mandated by law for eligible veterans. Pre-planning is another feature Tri-State Funeral Services offers. It allows everyone to create your own unique life celebration reflecting your wishes and desires. If you move, your pre-planning is transferable to any funeral home in the United States. Give Tri-State Funeral Services a call to hear other comforting services they have available. Phone 202-882-1202. That's 202-882-1202. Well, you, um, if you could do it in two minutes or less, we're going to start with you first, Brother Chris. I'm sorry, Brother Cliff. We're going to start with you first, your closing comments for this show, and please come back. Okay, absolutely. I mean, uh, as long as we're on the good political news tip, um, I think you all are probably well aware by now that Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, representing Brooklyn, New York, is now the minority leader. And if we all mm-hmm. get out there and vote and flip the Congress, he becomes the majority leader, third in line to the presidency. And, mm. uh, you know, I, I, uh brother's very bright, and he's like another Obama type of uh, crossover appeal type of politician, and I believe that he has a fighting chance, if he does become majority leader, to be able to be a presidential candidate in a few years uh, to come. So we, we have uh, some up-and-coming leaders. No doubt about it. Uh-huh. And he is the nephew. He is the nephew of the great 
Dr. Leonard Jeffries, the historian. Yep. yep. Yeah, the historian uh, that is still on the scene uh, teaching and the scholar that he is, is the work over the years of of his profound work and uh that's his nephew thank you brother cliff sister gloria your closing remarks for in two minutes please okay first of all i'm praying for all of our black mayors eric adams they're trying to go after him our newly minted mayor um sherelle parker the mayor governor sorry the governor of uh maryland and also to wake up the mayor in washington dc we need to make sure that they understand that, that it's BPF, black people first, and take care of our needs. This is how they got in there. We put them in there. We expect them to do the right thing. And I also want to say going forward, this is an election year. Everything that I do from this point forward is going to be about getting out the vote, saving our books, and saving our education from crazy people like Ron Insanity and uh, the former predator-in-chief. We've got a lot to do for 2024 because 2025 is coming. And by the way, Hakeem Jeff and I was in Brooklyn, New York, my assemblyman, mm-hmm. and he's a good friend. All yeah. right well, now. And, and can I just say, Nia, I just no, no, we got to go. We, Thank you so wait, much. Wait, stay blessed. Wait, we haven't we haven't let Tony say her last remarks. Oh, well, I we? just want to say, my brother. Oh, go ahead, Tony. We need to. We need to pull together, not pull apart. We need to come together. Like she said, he said this is a this is a voting year, and if we don't get out and vote and do what we need to do, then we're going to be messed up for real. Just think of these devils that are trying to just put, you know, just trying to stick us and do everything to us. So if we don't get out and vote and do what we need to do, then you know where we're going to be. I want to so thank all of my pray, guests. Pray for you. Pray for you. I ain't praying for my enemies. Let, 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 let me keep it real. This is the top of 24. And not me. I don't ever pray for my enemies. I, I don't, and I'm just not if you do, but I don't, want, I don't want them to think I'm doing it. No, get out my way. I'm trying to tell you. You know, I, I do want to. Uh, and I'm serious about it. Huh? Amen. I'm serious. Listen, though, I, I want to thank our guests. Uh, Sister Tony Tyler, she, her and I go way back. She, she like a blood sister. Uh, Brother Cliff Pulliam, Sister Gloria Dullin Wilson, Doolin Wilson, excuse me, Sister Gloria Doolin Wilson, uh, you know, for coming through as leaders. Uh, you know, on top of your game, if you will, on on top of what is going on, and to all of those that are out there, don't forget. No matter what mainstream is telling you, do you realize black people are on the rise? We're literally mm-hmm. on the rise. They tell us to concentrate. They tell us to concentrate on the carjackers, the teenagers out there. We don't like that. We're praying for y'all too, but that's one out of five. The other four are graduates. They're coming out of college. Mm-hmm. The other four. They are marrying and having children and being decent role models in the community. The other four, they're on the football field teaching young black males sports. Some of them are in the schools teaching them what is that STEM. They just don't get the coverage. 
But if you keep listening to Nia 2X Radio, the voice of the people, you will hear them too. In fact, go to www.blackonblackunity.com. We have 16 pages of shows dated back to 2015. Many of these young black leaders have been interviewed on our airwaves. Enjoy yourself. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners. And thank you again to our guest. I'm Sister Nia 2X. So happy that you are all here. God bless you all. Stay positive, And don't forget, black people are on the rise.